Hey, it's Beth here, episode 486. Today is Monday. It's fantastic. I got out of jury duty. I am so relieved. Made a phone call two or three hours before I was supposed to be there at 8.30 this morning, and I got out of it. I haven't lucked out in any way in so many years. I have done jury duty. I always get picked. And I, I'm just not up for it anymore. I mean, I'm 69, uh, going downtown in the new Austin, the new cool, super built up Austin is kind of dangerous in my age group. People are clubbing old ladies like baby seals and taking their purses. And I'm just scared. I, it's, I had to walk from a parking lot. I had to find out all by myself. Just, just too scary, just too scary. And it was probably gonna last two weeks, because they always do. And I'm just so relieved that I won. Anyway, it's 8.30 in the morning. I never wake up at six o'clock. Uh, I've already had breakfast. I'm gonna make lunch right after this. I don't know what to do with a day that is this long. But I did find things in the paper yesterday. One is there's a Jane Birkin look look lookalike girl. She's got dresses that would really look good on us if they weren't in size two and six. And they have long sleeves, it's a very elegant look. Her name is not Jane Birkin, it is, her name of her company is Rouge, R-O-U-J-E. She likes red lipstick. Okay, she's cute. And anyway, she says, this is why I picked it out. She says, and I agree, that the French girl look is boring. And she came to New York and she said she likes the audacious look of, of New York women. She finds it liberating and exciting and she's gonna start stealing from us. Isn't that amazing? A French person admits that New Yorkers, Americans do something right, finally. She put it, I'm never going to throw that piece of paper out. French people never give us compliments. So that was huge. The next one's kind of cute. It's a wedding between Delilah Franklin and Willie Francois. And he is a preacher and she is a pole dancer. And they're in New York City and everyone in the church, it says a paradoxical union had the whole church talking. She's, she's, she's a pole dancer to, with a heart of gold. She's doing it to be fit. That's what she told everyone in the um, in this little church. So this guy stands up for her and he says that I had to re-articulate with, this is how this guy talks because he's a preacher. It's a quote, I had to re-articulate with levels of specificity about how her work differs from the work that they all were too familiar with in strip clubs. That's how he shut everyone down in his little church. They get married, they're happy. Oh, and then they had a baby before they got married too. And he said, everyone else can do it, why can't we? So anyway, they're happily married. He's, he's a preacher with a heart of gold. I think he's fantastic. The next thing that happened was Gwyneth is back. <clears throat> it's not her curated bookshelves anymore. 
She is getting excited about being old. And she said, the first sentence in this article, Gwyneth Paltrow envisions life after Goop. She says, and I can't believe she thinks this. She says, I don't think that anybody thinks I actually operate my company. And I'm like, Gwyneth, who else would come up with your vagina scented candles? With your orgasm scented candles? Who else could possibly be that self-centered? Who in God's name would ever think of that? Of course you do everything, everything for this company. Now it kind of made me sad. She lives, she's got 20,000 homes I'm sure, but she has a place in Amagansett, which is this beautiful place in the Hamptons. And she has a guard dog, a house manager, a room of security guards and cameras. And her interior smells aggressively of cedar and is decorated in neutral tones. That is what she says. She is aggressive. She, if her guard dog, house manager, security guards, and security cameras do not keep people out of her home, she feels that aggressive cedar scent will do it. And I think she could be right. I'm not, I'm not sure. So then she goes on. This is it. Okay. She says <coughs> that she does not cite specific examples. Okay. She talks about that trial that, that she was in. Okay. <coughs> I'm coughing because I'm smelling her cedar. <coughs> anyway, I don't understand how she could come up with that candle for how her orgasm smells. Like... How can you be smelling while you're screaming or what is going on that you could even what what is something like that smell like that's like what does happiness smell like what does fear smell like how could you come up with that Gwyneth? and how come people are buying everything you put out so anyway she had her she was talking this whole article is written because of that woman who wrote the seven deadly sins the price women pay to be good that podcast I did a while ago she is still upset with that woman that got away and she's not she's not putting her down here but she keeps talking about it and about how her interests are not on self op optimization which is what the other woman said and it's not about just thinking about wellness and control and certainty which is exactly what the other woman said this whole article is just here to say that woman's book is is a pile of dog, dog do. Okay, that's what she's saying, but it's not true. And she, she then she wraps it up in the last little paragraph by saying that she can't wait to get old. She thinks that we're that you that you turn into the sweetest person when you get old. She wants to cook. She wants to garden. She wants to become a grandmother. Good luck with that. I can reveal it will reveal itself to me aging. I know I'll be good at it. She did remember one thing, okay, and this is something her mother, she promised her mother, so here it comes what she's going to do next, that she would do a play, either with her mother or without her mother, and her mother said, you're going to keep that promise. While you're gardening and cooking and being a fantastic grandmother with no lines and wrinkles because your products, she's going to come up with a line of products for old people so that she can once again um, optimize 
and control aging, which is what she says she never does. Okay, now this lady is amazing. She's divorced and delusional. And this, she's, okay, so she says, it is unusual, doctors tell me, for a woman to become psychotic for the first time at age 50. Rarer still that she has no family history of it. Okay, so this woman was three years divorced and she was in her kitchen and she looks out the window and she saw a neighbor drop off some wildflowers for her and he didn't ring the bell. It was hot outside, so he placed them under the shade of a great myrtle. As he pulled away, I felt maybe a dozen or half dozen little orgasms ripple through me. From, the, from that moment, I had a touch-free orgasm whenever I saw this man or heard his name. Suddenly, this man's physical beauty was unparalleled. He was a, cre he was a creative genius, and I slid into an 11-year-old delusion that overtook my life. He became my beloved for 11 years. This woman kept looking out the window, thinking that this guy was her beloved. That's what she called him. And she decided that they were working together um, with Russian spies. I mean, she just goes on and on and on. And this poor guy. It, okay, so one time she, she kept following this guy while he was riding his bicycle. I mean, I feel sorry for this man. She would line her bed with with candles and one night she woke up early she was hungover from she created evenings for the two of them and he just never showed up I feel so sorry for this neighbor I can't believe he was still riding his bike so she woke up early this one morning and she was furious with him for standing her up as I drove off to get my caffeine fix I saw him walking his dog I pulled up next to him lowered the window and glared he bent down he said is something wrong I shot him a look of icy disdain, then peeled out with a screech. I'm like, what? This guy, the fact that he didn't move is absolutely amazing. Well, anyway, one day she just got over him. <laughs> like 12 years later, this poor guy. Her new therapist said it's okay not to feel 100% gratitude towards me. I get it, but I got rid of your beloved and she finally understood with exacting clarity that he was not part of her, that his soul was not entwined in hers. He was just a man on a bike, riding down a street in the opposite direction of her house. That's what she did with 12 years of her life. And the poor guy, I mean, she was constantly walking in front of his house. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad it's over. I'm so glad that this guy can go on with his life never under she but this is the bad thing the therapist should have said to her you need to go apologize to that guy you need to tell him what was going on but the therapist doesn't do that because the therapists never help the person that the crazy person is hurting they never do i mean i will give that to aa they do that in one of their steps you have to go apologize to everybody that you 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 messed around with their head and you upset them you have to go and sincerely say you're sorry. But this woman never even has to say one word to this guy. That's just not right. Okay, so now there's this little love story. Okay, now I've been to Capri. You've got to go. I mean, okay, so this is what happened. This American woman sitting with us at a cafe in Capri did not see the smirks 
of the impeccably dressed Marcello Mastorani lookalikes, and that's true. There are so many handsome men around this place. They say they're gigolos, but I don't think so. She was middle-aged, frumpy, a little overweight. They were in their mid-30s and slim. She said that hardly any of the passengers on, his, on her cruise ship came to Capri for the day trip. That's what I'm talking about. Don't miss it if you get a chance. More smirks from these great-looking men. And then she looked at one of them, really the handsomest one, and she said, I don't want to miss one museum, one piazza, one fountain, one enchanting place, she said. I want to experience it all. Love life, drink it in. Otherwise, what's the point? Those Italian men smiled and clapped. No more smirks. See, even old ladies, if you just time it correctly and you just use the right words, and I think the right word in that one was, otherwise, what's the point of life? That's so Betty Davis. That's so wild. It's perfect. Okay, so now there's this woman. Her name is... I can't even believe this. Her, her name is so crazy, it's hard to say. Najiji Vani. Anyway, she is a real French woman, and she runs, she's she's running Hermes, okay? And her picture, she looks like she wants to pick a fight. And she says that she was a punk person when she was young. And she said that she was going to make Hermes more freeing, more liberating, more angry. Like, why? Why take those beautiful horse scarves? What are they going to have to do? Fight each other now? Is it going to have to be bulls in a bull ring? Why can't people be happy? So here she says her influences were Picnic at Hanging Rock, a 1975 Australian horror film that sees well-to-do girls vanish into the wilderness. The cult flick helped inspire Vanet's Spring 2024 collection, which will debut in Paris on September 30th next year. Both the film and her new design, she says, explore the various sides of femininity, the strength of women's sensuality and anger, and female relationships. I'm like, don't you want to attract a guy? Does anybody want to attract a guy anymore? What are you doing this for? That's all she cares about. And Negronis, she wants that drink. And then she says she she prefers hotels with a history. Okay, so there's the Locarno in Rome and she finds it super genuine. It's $800 a night. I think I would find that super genuine and super everything else that is super. The best advice she ever got came from a meditation coach. She told me to put myself first when planning my day, that the first thing I should do is do what I want to do. Now I feel that I can carry away the whole rest of the day. I feel balanced. I'm thinking about myself all the time. Do you think she's a little selfish? Then I go on and I read, she has a four-year-old. Who's taking care of the four-year-old while you're taking care of yourself? I don't get it. She also appreciates good creams like um, this butter cream that is like $700 for a big bottle. She's crazy. She's crazy. She says a lot of people are centered on themselves and on their well-being and that's what I'm all for. I'm like, what kind of a woman is this? 
I want to talk to your four-year-old. Does she even know your name? So anyway, then she says that Prince is, she would have a dinner party and she would have Prince at the dinner party. And Dennis Hopper, when he was young, he'd be as high as a kite. Greta Gerwig off her, you know, Barbie movie and a Belgium director, Agnès Vardot. Okay, she thinks that all these people will be amazing together and Prince will do a good soundtrack. I'm like, you don't look like Hermes. You just don't. You don't even want to be glamorous. She said she went swimming in a really, really expensive dress and it dried perfectly. I just don't think I trust her. I don't think I trust her with Hermes. I can't even afford to buy anything there yet. I'm working my way up to it. I don't want her to crash the whole house before I get there. So anyway, there's something about Patrick Stewart. And he wrote a mem memoir, Making It So. But the interesting thing to me in it is that of all the characters he's played, this is the one that got to him. Macbeth and George Albee's masterpiece, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I acted Macbeth for exactly 365 days. The role got into me so deeply, it dominated my life and made me drink a whole lot of alcohol. No other play I have ever been in affected me so profoundly. George, on the other hand, Martha's George, you know, from Who's Afraid, was a delightful, thrilling roller coaster ride of fun and games, self-laceration, self and self-loathing. But nonetheless, it ended up happily. I'm like, happily? I just remember them both on the couch, exhausted. He's, he's got a very low bar for happiness. Okay, so then he says, this is cute. So in the book, he also writes that only one, he only became very close to one person that he ever wor worked with. And he, he said, I can't say that the book, that the book has too many close encounters with very, very many other people, but it has happened both emotionally and camarad early with plays, sometimes with directors, but mostly with other actors and actresses. The most memorable being Ian McKellen in Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot. Vladimir and Estrogen are only separated for a minute or two in the entire play. The intimacy and need they have for each other certainly had an impact on our offstage relationship, bringing us closer with every performance. And in the long year that we performed together, it created a friendship that is not ever to be broken. So anyway, that's kind of sweet. If he was going to have a dinner party, he'd have Charles Dickens, Ian McEwan, and William Shakespeare. And he doesn't tell me why. I don't know why either. Okay, today in the paper, there's a dating app that's based on your facial profile. So it takes your face, looks at it very carefully, and tells you who you should date. And it's so weird. It's worse than horoscopes. Everyone's face says things like, you're kind, you're generous, you're good, and I'll match you with this other person. This couple that's been married forever and really are in love only got a 55%. But this is just another dumb way to get your money. Stay away from it. It doesn't work, okay? What are they gonna come up with next? Why can't people just meet? Why can't people set people up like blind dates? Why does everything have to be a computer? But this one, I'm gonna end on this because it's so great. Today in the Wall Street Journal, retiree takes on Britain's rap scene. 
you thought Eminem was good in 8 Mile when he broke through and he became a sensation. This woman, her name is Joy France. She's 66 and she looks all of 66. She doesn't dye her hair or anything, but she's got this impish smile. She's so cute. She's hit the rap circuit in Britain and England. And she does them like this. She takes on rappers and she goes, um, Irish contender Raptor took her on. He said, gonna chop you up and burn you to cinders. And Joy France responded, and you won't see me coming because I'm an old fat nanny ninja. They laugh, they love her. This is the part that got me um, pretty upset though because they were talking about she was very lonely after her partner died. And it goes on to say that this creeping invisible loneliness many people experience, especially older women. And it's a common problem, but here's what happens. It was more significant for your health than simply feeling a little bit cut, cut off. If you feel really lonely, the effects were similar to those of smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Worse than obesity and sedentary lifestyle and drinking. Can you believe it? Like, being lonely is not even your fault. And you can do, you could smoke cigarettes, drink, and eat anything you want, and you're gonna be healthier than if you're lonely, and you can't control loneliness? Well, she says you can. She says all you have to do is go find something crazy that you think you'd never do, and do it. So she started doing this, and she made rap friends. These little kids that kind of struggling in school and struggling with the world, and she got to be great with them because she actually had a teaching career with troubled children's children and their terrible backgrounds. They love her. They inspire her. They go in her corner. So she has these two young guys especially that get her revved up, find out about the guy she's going after, and she took on the biggest, biggest star in Britain in this field, in this rap field. His name is Spider J. And she started, they said, Spider J. He's actually insecure. He actually doesn't think he's that great. So she said, with her rap, she goes, I know you're here to worship at my altar, so I've got something to say. You're a little lamb to be slaughtered, so get down on your knees and pray. She rapped. Spider got her back by having none of it. Okay, so those guys were wrong, and he goes, you're making a mockery of the culture. You know nothing of it. You're basically the Jamaicans in cool runnings. He rapped. A Trisket Duncan Old Pastry Biscuit Dumpling. Well, she lost, but she's coming back next year. She said the crowd was whooping and hollering and it was the wildest time anybody had, but Spider won. She said Spider was amazing. She said, I see what I've got to improve. I'm gonna get him next year in the game. It's hilarious. You should see this woman. She's so cute. She looks like Mrs. Santa Claus. Well, she looks like Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus. Cause she's got Santa Claus's red cheeks. I think she looks exactly like Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus, a combination of the two. And she's adorable. Her book is called No Loitering. Oh my gosh, she's, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, in the picture she's flipping the bird. Wow, I guess she's getting really, uh, you know, into her role or something, but she looks like a lovely person. 
another great way to age. I'm not going to do it. I couldn't even go downtown today. I was thrilled I didn't have to go to a parking lot. So I'm not, I'm not Joy France, not by a long shot. I just think it's wonderful that people are getting out there. I'm in here reading about people who are getting out there. That's my job. I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to build them up. I think they're fantastic, but I'm not going to the parking lot. So not downtown, not now. So anyway, good, good on Joy France. I couldn't even make it out of the house. So, you know, my day is made. I mean, it's probably 10 o'clock by now. I have no idea what I'm going to do with the rest of the day, but I'm not doing jury duty. I don't want to have somebody's life in my hands. I'm just thinking about it now and I'm sweating. It is so much responsibility. It's so scary. Lawyers, they talk a blue streak and they all seem right and they're all such great actors. The whole thing is too hard for me. I can't figure it out. And one time we figured it out and we didn't give the guy enough money and we should have known. It's just, you don't know. There's no libretto when you enter. They don't tell you how to do it. And it's too much pressure. It, I'm not I'm not good at reading through people. I'm guileless. That's my big problem. I never got any guile and I still don't have any. So today's made. I'm not my somebody's life is in my hands. And that's oh that's the greatest thing about today. So I'm gonna stay sane, you stay sane, and I will be back. Thanks.